Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, thanks for joining us for the TFL official podcast. It's been a year now, and over that year, hundreds of thousands of you have tuned in to listen and to find out about your favorite cars and trucks. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. If you're one of our Patreons, double thank you. And if you want to listen to it as an audio podcast, feel free to tune in to wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, you know the rest. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of TFL Talking Trucks. As always, I'm Andre Smirnov, and I have a very special guest on the show. Uh, this is Mike Spagnola, and he is the VP at SEMA. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, pleasure to be here. Did I get your title correct? Yeah, I'm uh, actually Vice President of uh, Product Development. Uh, I kind of wear a few hats, but oversee OE relations. And I really help manufacturers develop products and bring them to market is, is probably my primary um, focus. Yeah, and you're sitting in the SEMA garage, is that correct? I am. I'm actually in the installation center right now. You can probably see the lift behind me, but um, we actually roll up our sleeves and, uh, and do a lot of do a lot of work here. You know, it's uh, what I talk about as being uh, what we do, what SEMA does the other 360 days a year. You know, we're known for our trade show, of course, we're known for the SEMA show. Yeah. Um, but we do a lot of other things uh, during the year. And again, my pri primary focus is I work between manufacturers, all those SEMA manufacturers that develop pr products, right? Um, the guys you see at the SEMA show, the guys that you know, when you go to any sort of website and see uh, aftermarket products, I work between those guys and the OEs and get products developed and take them to market. Yeah. So, of course, SEMA stands for Specialty Equipment Market Association. Right. Um, and uh, I want kind of this episode um, is a little bit more focused on what's going on in the recent news. Um, and of course, uh, it has to do with sort of uh, some of the regulations coming from the government, from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. And also, uh, you know, what SEMA is doing, and uh, you have something called the um, RPM Act, correct? Right, right. And is that, yeah, so is that something uh, you're kind of championing, or, or how does that work? Yeah, because I work uh, closely with both our government side, uh, with the OEs and with the aftermarket, uh, one of the programs we do here at the SEMA Garage is we help manufacturers when they develop a new product, any product that affects fuel or air, you know, so take a supercharger, an air intake, a tuner, any of those sorts of things, have to go through an emissions test that uh, satisfies the California Air Resources Board, CARB, or EPA. So we do that testing on behalf of the manufacturer um, here in the SEMA Garage. And then once we know that that product has passed the requirements, we submit that paperwork to the California Resources Board on behalf of that manufacturer. So we have a full dyno lab. We have a full emissions testing facility. You know, it's about a, about a $6 million investment just in equipment um, that we do this sort of testing on behalf of the manufacturers. And then we submit that paperwork to CARB and they get what's called a CARB EO. So you'll see on products an EO sticker that says that product passed and it uh, fits within the regulations um, that, that are required for the Clean Air Act. 
Mm-hmm. And so, so that's, you know, that's where I come in um, and, and um, where I'm an advocate, obviously, for what we're doing now with this RPM Act. Yeah, and the RPM Act, so uh, a lot of people are out there saying uh, government is outlawing race cars, uh, racing cars. There's a lot of big headlines out there, but I kind of want to, you know, take a step back and actually, you know, understand what, what is this we're talking about. And RPM Act stands for Recognizing the Protection of Motorsports Act. Correct. And, and obviously, you know, as part of you guys being part of SEMA, I see you guys kind of like, you know, you, you kind of the, almost like the middleman or the middle person, right? You're help, trying to help the entire industry, right? And, and also, right. I guess there's many different forces at play. There's the government regulation, there's original equipment manufacturers, there's aftermarket manufacturers, uh, but it's all kind of to help the consumer, right? Correct. It, you know, help our manufacturers and the consumer. The, uh, you know, the automotive aftermarket is a $48 billion a year industry. And so you can imagine, you know, what that means. And we work between our government relations side. Uh, we've, we've got a full staff in Washington, D.C. Um, you know, so, so we are constantly monitoring rules and regulations that are coming down. And if we think they cross the line, you know, we step into action. And so, um, you know, we've got you know, all, all of that, um, uh, that funding and all of that comes through SEMA uh, to support our attorneys and and to really watch those government regulations. And, you know, we raise our hand when we think it's, you know, out of bounds and where we have to protect our industry. And we have to protect the enthusiast. We have to protect the, you know, the whole industry, right? Um, or, or otherwise, we're not going to be able to modify vehicles any longer. Okay, so, so tell me about, so what is this RPM Act about? And what is yeah. it, you know, what is it trying to protect against? Sure. So the, the Clean Air Act is nothing new. It's been around since the 70s. And it basically says, you know, if there's a pollution control device on the vehicle um, or if the vehicle has a certain amount of tailpipe emissions, you have to stay within some sort of regulation, right? We have no argument against that. We, um, we support that. Um, obviously, um, again, we do all of this work here in the SEMA garage to help, you know, manufacturers develop products, get through the... Uh, process, get through the paperwork, get through the red tape of all that that goes on. And so let's just say you're a, uh, you're going to produce an air intake for a, a new Ford F-150. Mm-hmm. We work with you to fill out the paperwork that's required uh, for uh, the California Resources Board. Uh, we help you through all of that process. We go through all the testing with you. We actually, again, do the tests here in our facility. If we see that that product passes, we uh, turn that paperwork into CARB and we help you get that CARBEO. We're good with all of that. Where, um, uh, and we've interpreted for since the 70s that the Clean Air Act still allows you to take a street car uh, and convert it into a race car. Mm-hmm. So if it's gonna be used for off-road use, if it's gonna be used for racing or any of those sorts of things, you should have the right to take that vehicle and convert it to a race car. So, and this, and this stands for any vehicle. So for, it could be a, a car meant for track use, could be a truck maybe that's only gonna be racing off-road. Is that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so all of that, you know, um, we believe that you should still have the right to do that. Um, where EPA, in our opinion, has crossed the line now is they have said you can never uh, take a street car and convert it into a race car because that car was originally intended for the street. It has emission control devices on it. Um, and, and you can't tamper with those emission control devices. And therefore you can't convert a street car into a race car. 
we've had an understanding for years that they wouldn't um, touch that piece of the legislation or touch that piece of the uh, Clean Air Act. Uh, recently, uh, they've changed their mind on that and they um, have gone after a company, uh, Gearbox C, and their position is, is that uh, Gearbox C has made products um, that um, are intended or, or that um, uh, they've come after them and said, you can't convert a, a streetcar into a race car. And so that's where we drew the line. Um, and um, so we've filed an amicus brief um, against EPA that says, wait a minute, guys, uh, you know, we've always understood that you could convert a streetcar into a race car, and now you're saying we can't. Um, and so, you know, that's huge to us, right? I mean, I mean, we have to be able to protect that. Uh, otherwise, you'll no longer be able to take you know, develop uh, if if the uh, let's just take a five zero uh, Ford motor. Yeah. Um, if you're yeah, if you're building uh, products for it that are intended for racing, uh, that could be stretched to say, well, those products um, can no longer be built. So so we have to have the right to take a streetcar and convert it into a race car. So obviously, we don't have an EPA person here on our episode They're, right now. Um, I, I'm hoping to get you know some sort of you know more details from them in the future. Uh, but I mean, I imagine what they're maybe trying to do is um, prevent somebody from putting racing parts on a car and then going on the street, right? I yeah, mean, correct. there is some sort of a gray line there where, you know, how do you know if it's a registered vehicle or not? Is that, am I, am I on the right track? No, you're right. You're right. And we don't, we have no argument against that. We, yeah. we, uh, we put a lot of time and effort into helping manufacturers develop products you know, that are carb legal, that um, if you, you know, if you do build a, a product that is intended for the street, then it needs to go through an, the EO process or through an emissions control process. No argument on that. Yeah. Where, where we draw the line is uh, when they've gone the other way and said, uh, you can't convert a street car into a race car. And, um, and, uh, and that's, we've always had that understanding with them. Uh, they've, uh, they really haven't gone after this piece uh, of wording that says, that um, that you can't convert a streetcar into a, uh, a race car. They have in uh, in this recent uh, filing uh, against a uh, manufacturer. Uh, we we are not taking the position of the manufacturer. You know, we don't know if that manufacturer is developing products that um, are intended for racing that end up on the street. We're not arguing that point, um, and we're not saying whether or not that manufacturer is guilty or innocent. But, you know, we'll, we'll leave that to the courts to decide and. Um, but in that, in that um, suit against that manufacturer, they have stated that you can't take a streetcar and convert it into a race car. So uh, we actually started the RPM Act a few years ago for this very reason, knowing that this could come up uh, because it, um, you know, it has been mentioned before that uh, you can't convert a streetcar to a race car. So we wanted to draw the line there and say, um, you still have to be able to do that. We have to be able to protect racing. We have to protect, you know, manufacturers and developing parts for racing, um, or, or, or the whole off-road racing society dries up. If, if, if EPA wants to take this to the nth degree, um, which um, in this brief, you know, they are saying that, you know, our industry's well, done. Yeah, and then, I mean, you mentioned the overall industry size. I mean, it's huge. That includes, of course, many other products, right? Uh, but I, I think. Um, what you're saying is um, taking an existing, let's say an older vehicle, right? 
converting it for only for uh, racing purpose, right? It's a kind of an affordable proposition for some folks, right? Sure. Because because re regular person cannot spend, you know, maybe six figures on a custom built, right, tube chassis or some right. some other vehicle with another, you know, very customized engine or what wherever it may be. So, so that's kind of where you're coming from. Yeah, you know, there's plenty of classes. If you if you go to NHRA and, and grassroots drag racing, if you go to uh, some circle track racing, if you go to off-road racing, there are plenty of um, uh, classes for kind of low-end racing. Uh, you know, we know we know about the the vehicles right that are tube chassis built. Um, you know, that have custom motors and all that. But there's plenty of grassroots racing that uses a car that was once on the street. You know, drifting any any of those sorts of things. So, um, you know, we, we have to support that piece of the industry. We, we don't support or endorse any sort of illegal activity. That, that's, not where we're, that's not where we're coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Because so and it seems like the conversation overall is almost escalating to the fact where um, and is usually focused on a tuner. But although, I mean, there is both software and hardware part pieces of it, right? Sure. And, and I've seen some um uh, elements out there saying you know any any tuning device that's plugged into the vehicle can be considered illegal but that's that doesn't make any sense to me because if that device is uh you know gone through the right channels and is only allowing certain things to happen and those things are you know legal right. you know, how, how can that be no we we, we uh, certify tuning devices all the time um, and you can still get great horsepower. So, you know, there's a misnomer that if it's got a carbio and if it's gone through that certification, you're not getting horsepower. Um, you know, we still regularly see supercharger kits that, you know, bump cars up to 650 horsepower. I mean, I mean you know, we can still get air intakes. We can still get great horsepower tuning um, and, and be street legal. I mean, there's still enough um, uh, bounds there that we can get that sort of uh, process going. So, um, you know, we we're, we're big proponents of obviously, and we spend a lot of time and a lot of effort. Um, uh, you know, we run this um, facility here at the SEMA garage as a member benefit. It's not a profit making facility. It's to help those manufacturers get through this process because there there's a lot of red tape. The amount of paperwork and the amount of um, work that you have to go through to get a car BO is is tough. Um, but we have experts. Uh, we have a full staff here uh, of people that just help with paperwork, just just through that process. We have nine people in just the lab that just do this sort of testing work. We're running two shifts here in the lab. That's mm -hmm. how busy we are. And uh, in fact, we are uh, in the process of developing a second lab right now. That's very That's interesting. Cool. And um, and I guess where this kind of gets to into the public's eye maybe is with diesel trucks, right? And diesel pickup trucks specifically. Uh, where somebody sees, uh, you know, a truck um, basically exhausting some, you know, dark or black smoke and right. red flags come up for people. And I mean, general public, right? Uh, but, but once again, there is, there is people who may choose to go to, down that road, but there's also people who, you know, do that in a legal way. Right. You know, again, as I said, we don't support any sort of illegal activity. Rolling coal or uh, you know DPF deletes those sorts of things are illegal, and we don't support that. And unfortunately, what's happened is the whole industry has been cast. You know, I, I can't tell you it, it just turns my stomach every time 
I see an article on SEMA and they show a truck just blowing coal, right? They just show this truck just driving down the street, just full of black soot. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's not our industry. That's not what we're looking to do. Um, and, um, and we don't support, you know, the rolling of coal on the street. You know, I mean, if you're going to do a tractor pull or you're going to do something off road, that's great. But, um, you know, that sort of activity, or that's how we, we all get cast into, um, you know, into that. Um, but that's what CV is. We're not, I mean, there is, uh, you know, if I were to take you through the, through the lab or through the garage right now, you'd see plenty of vehicles that are making great horsepower that are, um, that are going through the certification process. And, uh, and they're clean, they're just still, you know, uh, within the boundaries in the tailpipe emission standards. And, uh, and so, uh, um, you know, we're doing our part. And when EPA, um, you know, says that, um, tries to interpret the rules in a way that we don't think is fair, you know, we have to, we've got to put our gloves on and, uh, and go to battle. And that's what the RPM Act is, basically. It is. Yeah. So, you know, it's been, it was actually introduced uh, in 2019. Um, it uh, has had to weave its way through uh, Congress. Uh, it did pass uh, in 2020 as part of the energy bill, uh, but it never got voted on by the Senate. And so we're in the process of reintroducing it right now. Um, you know, we need that support. So, you know, for your listeners, um, they can go to the SAN website or they can go to the RPM web website. Um, and, um, you know, we're always looking for them to join our fight. Um, doesn't cost anything. You know, we just, um, there's a place to click on there to, to throw your support. Uh, you can also call your, your local senators, um, Congress, and uh, help us get this RPM Act through because it's going to take all of us. It's going to take, you know, the community to push back on this one. I gotcha. So what, what I'm hearing from you is, and uh, over the last couple of weeks, I had this feeling that, oh my gosh, the sky is falling. But but the sky is not falling. Um, it just um, so I want to get kind of your perspective on this because you know when people are saying you know all tuners will be legal soon, all modifications will be you know outlawed, uh, race cars are outlawed, sky is falling. <laughs> but what I'm hearing yeah. you say is uh, there are ways, especially with software, right, that are yeah. done in a in a clean way that pass emission regulations, right. Yeah. So, and, and you're actually working, you know, like you said, continuously to do make that happen or help that yeah. happen. Yeah, there is a pathway. There's, there's been a pathway since the seventies. We've been part of this for a long time. Uh, we've invested literally tens of millions of dollars in this, in this project. Uh, there is a pathway. There is a way for manufacturers to um, get their products, um, high performance products legal. Uh, and so we support that pathway. Where the sky could be falling is if EPA continues to take the stance that you can't convert a streetcar into a race car. That's a problem. That, that's an issue um, because because then all sorts of racing, all sorts of conversions um, become illegal. And, yeah. and so uh, you know if 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 a, if a manufacturer, SEMA or non-SEMA manufacturer, is developing products um, that aren't uh, legal. Um, you know, that's not our beef, you know, our, our beef is this, um, the ability to convert a streetcar into a race car. Um, and we support uh, the legal activity of developing products that can be used on the street uh, that create performance. That could be towing performance, right? It can be, it can be all sorts of things, right? Yeah. It can be, it can be for the uh, occasional off-road guy that wants to 
go rock climbing. It can, you know, it can be for all those sorts of sports. Um, so, um, you know, we spend- there's also, there's also efficiency tuning, right? There's people who want you know, great mileage on the highway or be able to control certain things. Absolutely. Yeah. The, you know, there's even in the commercial industry, you've got fleets of, of trucks that are used for carpentry or plumbing or any of those sorts of things. There's ways to tune those vehicles for efficiency. Um, so it's not just some guy with a, you know, high performance vehicle. What else we've seen um, EPA do is recently, I mean, within the last six years, uh, I mean, they've been being, getting pretty strict and they actually went after like Volkswagen, which is an OEM, right? right. right? There is another, that was a whole TDI and diesel gate. Um, so, so it's not just small companies, right? I mean, they're trying to watch across all kinds of aspects of it. There was also uh, more recent, you know, Ram eco diesel, uh, yeah. a truck um, action that they were taking as well. Yeah, so you know those uh, those uh, vehicles, from what I understand, were uh, considered to be outside the boundaries of, of um, tailpipe emissions, and, and so they have gone after those sort of guys. EPA uh, and CARB, CARB has a uh, an arm too that will um, review manufacturers' products um, that are being sold, and if they don't have a CARB EO, um, EPA recognizes the CARB EO system, and so. Uh, you know, if you go through the CARB EO California process, EPA recognizes that for all 50 states. So California Resource Board is California, of course, rules. Yeah. EPA is the other 49 states. And um, but if you go through the CARB process, it's recognized for all 50 states. Uh, and so, um, you know, there is a pathway again. There is a way to do all of this. There is a way that we support. Um, and um, but but yes, EPA and CARB um, both have uh, gone after both small and large manufacturers um, who they believe are developing products that are illegal for street use. Yeah, and also, I mean, these regulations apply to, at various uh, kind of levels, to commercial vehicles too. You know, semi-trucks have to do different, you know, types right. of emissions controls, right? Um, yeah. Delivery vehicles, etc. Right. Yeah. So, so, uh, so again, you know, the, you know, there are rules and there are regulations in, in place that everybody, whether it's a SEMA manufacturer, non-SEMA manufacturer, whether it's a, you know, a, a large truck company, whether it's uh, commercial, you know, have to abide by. And um, you know, we are okay with that. I mean, we we support that. We support the uh, production and development of vehicles and products that um, that um, are within the rules of the Clean Air Act. No argument there. Um, it's um, uh, and we we do a lot of work with our members um, to walk them through that process. Cool. What what some of the other fun stuff are you working on? Um, I mean, oh. at the garage. You said you're you're you guys are busy on many fronts. Yeah. So so you know uh, again probably the, the biggest part of my duties uh, in the SEMA garage are to again help manufacturers develop products and take them to the street. So you know for example the new Bronco. Um, you know, we have worked alongside a Ford Motor Company and aftermarket suspension guys, tuner guys, you know, all those sorts of products. Um, that's where we really come into play. We work between those manufacturers and the OE to say, okay, when that Bronco hits the streets, let's make sure there are plenty of aftermarket products ready to hit the market. And so while I can't always talk about what goes on here in the garage, if you came to the garage, you'd see that there are uh, signs up saying, you know, no photos, um, 
you know, those sorts of things. Cause, cause we work with hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers that are getting ready to develop something that's about to hit the street. Uh, so, you know, it's a fun part of the job. Um, so we get to see things way prior to them coming out. Um, we get to see vehicles, uh, you know, before they hit the marketplace. Um, but you know, that is our, uh, our, our kind of our duty, right? So we work with suspension guys and we work with, I mean, you name any aftermarket product, you know, it could be a tonneau cover for a truck. Um, you know, when the, when the new uh, Nissan Frontier comes out here um, in, the, in the fall, you know, all those aftermarket products, we work between Nissan and the aftermarket on developing those products. And so uh, it's a fun part of the job. You know, I, I really enjoy that. I've spent my life in product development uh, in, and in the truck market, uh, in, the, in the private industry. Mm-hmm. I came to SEMA seven years ago to uh, help develop the SEMA garage and to, uh, to, to do this piece of the business. But yeah, we get to see things way before they come out. Um, we, uh, we work alongside those manufacturers. We, um, we also build some charity cars here every year or some show cars here every year. So um, each year we'll pick up a, a vehicle or two and work with aftermarket suppliers, sometimes with uh, students, and we'll build the car here in the garage and then take it to somewhere like Barrett Jackson or one of the auction houses and auction the vehicle off and the money goes to charity. So, you know, that's kind of a fun part of the business as well. Kind of a fun part of what we could do here in the garage. So, um, you know, while I'm in a dress shirt today, we regularly roll our sleeves up and, uh, yeah. and, and do, the, do the fun stuff too. So we've got engineers here on staff. Um, you know, we've got a lot of specialists on staff and we develop products, a lot, a lot of cool stuff. That's cool. And, and obviously it's confidential because, well, it's competitive too, right? I mean, right. Uh, you don't want a lot of competitors knowing what the other competitor right. is working on. So, yep. yeah, so we're Switzerland, you know, we can have, uh, let's just, let's just take an air intake and two guys are developing it for the Bronco. And I'm just going to say one makes 10 horsepower and one makes seven. We know that, but we can't tell the guy that's making seven, how to make 10. Right. So do you sign a lot of NDAs or <laughs> we, we do a lot of that? Yeah. We, we, uh, what, you know, we obviously have to have the trust of the manufacturer, right? So they need to be, if, if they want to come in here and 3d uh, print apart, we have 3d printers here. Uh, we have again engineers on staff. We have CAD data. We have scanning. You know, we have uh, arms. Ferro arm is a device where I can, you know, I can scan this coffee cup uh, mm-hmm. with a ferro arm and put it into the computer and then reprint it out on the 3D printer. So you know, we can reverse engineer products. Um, we can, uh, you know, we know what stuff works. We know what stuff has failed, um, and we work with that manufacturer, to, you know, on the quality aspect of it, on the design aspect, and. Um, um, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun, cool job. It's, uh, you know, I get to, I get to play a lot in, uh, in parts and, uh, and see what's coming to the marketplace. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And I always enjoy, uh, well, before, of course, uh, COVID, uh, of course, the SEMA show. And um, is there, is there any word yet? Is it too early to tell, you know, what's yeah, happening no, with we're, the shows? We're, we're on. Uh, we're actually going to be in the new hall. Uh, so um, the convention center has built a new West Hall. Uh, I think it's over 500,000 square feet and uh, the truck and the uh, styling sections are going to be in that hall. uh, So that's an exciting thing. And, you know, each year SEMA uh, at the show is um, over 2000 new products uh, that get introduced at the show, two to 3000 new products. And, you know, we are, we're a big part of that. And uh, so uh, we're really looking forward to this year so far. So good. Uh, It looks like uh, we're going to be able to pull the show off. I'll get my walking shoes on. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, I'll be out there, okay? 
Yeah, 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 great. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an amazing event. It is business to business, uh, business to business event. You know, there are outdoor displays as well as indoor. Um, but it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's old friends week, it's car week, it's, uh, it is, um, you know, we've all seen the YouTube videos and the uh, online uh, information about the show, but it's, uh, it's a great event. I've, I've been going now, this will be my 41st year this year, so. Uh, really excited to be back. Well, Mike, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, I learned the, quite a bit still. I'm, I'm still learning about this. And uh, so once again, guys, if you want to learn more about the RPM Act, it's also SEMA.org, right? Correct. Um, Correct. It's your website and RPM Act. You can look, search it up right there. Yep. Um, you can learn more about it and go from there. Yeah, we need your support. So please, everybody, uh, um, have a look at those sites and sign off. All right. Our support. Thanks. Thanks very Thank much. You. Thank you very much, Mike. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up. All with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.